Dope days. Chill nights. Good company. And mellow vibes. You are listening to Out of Booth Podcast Extra Hours Sessions from Radio 254. One, it's a perception where human beings and Sri Arobido and said, you know, every life matters. But the perception, whether it's a dog or a cat, it's it's the perception of human beings that we are at higher position that makes us view the other animals as lower. Mm. In fact, if I was a donkey, I'd be laughing at a human being saying, you're not working as hard as I am. And this life is not easy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another mellow Thursday afternoon. Like I told you the first time, like I told you every single time, this is Radio 254 and Thursday afternoons are never, ever going to be the same with me right here taking you through the afternoons. Joining us today, by the way, is Ian Kiringa from KSPCA. Also in studio, we have Beryl, who is going to be handling the socials, and we have Morea, who is going to be... What are you going to be doing in studio, by the way? Tell us, tell us. I think you should be on mic talking and telling people exactly what you're doing here today. Well, I'm actually going to be the guest host today, so, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so Mariah is going to be joining us as the guest host. Ian, would you like to give them a little bit introduction into who you are? Um, I'm Ian Keringa, working with the KSPCA, that is the Kenya Society for the Protection and Care of Animals. 
and uh, we're going to be talking about animal welfare in the country and at personal level. Okay. Like I told you, this is Radio 254. By the way, you can catch us live on Twitch or you can check us out directly from the Radio 254 app. That actually is very much easier for you, by the way, if you're using the app. Uh, today, our guest is Ian Kiringa. And I want to ask this question. This question goes out to both Ian and my guest host. I don't know if Beryl wants to talk on the mic, but she will tell us later on. So, care and protection of animals. Why is this essential? It is essential because in the world that we live in, we have to have a balance between all, all aspects. Uh, by, that, by all aspects, I mean human side, uh, the animal side, and the environmental side. So we have to care for the animals. In one way or the other, it affects the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And it, it's also by, to some degree, a, a provision for the, for the religious people. It's a, some, by some degree that they are asked by the superior God, if they believe in God, to take care of the animals. Mm-hmm. So it is just essential to, to help animals and care for them. Okay. And also there are benefits to us. So whatever benefits us should have some care mm, given it's, to it. It's, it's, it's like taking care of the environment. In a way. Uh, so if you take care of, take for instance, you don't take care of your dog or your cow that is giving you milk. Mm. Uh, let's take the basic care of a dog or grooming, uh, cleaning it. It comes with fleas. Where do those fleas end up? They will end up on you. So if you don't deworm that dog where they comes in with worms those worms end up in your food uh, if it's a cow if you don't take care of that cow when it's alive if it's slaughtered for meat by the time you're having that meat if that animal did not live a quality life or was cruelly treated then you're ending up having the same side effects of cruelty on that animal mm. yeah. okay so what about you Mariah how do you feel about taking care of animals and do you only do you actually take care of animals or just your pets Okay, first of all, I don't have any pets, so <laughs> it's only my brother does have one, does had one. But um, I think for me, animals are just like human beings. You know, they have feelings, they have their own lives. You know, they're precious, and their life is precious, just like us humans. So, I mean, me myself, it, I just can't fathom, you know, hurting an animal. Mm. I do eat animals. But <laughs> not like, you know, torturing an animal and hurting them because, you know, they I, I just see them as, you know, biological beings that have feelings and everything else that a human being has. And they do have their own rights to. Yeah. All right. All right. So, people, as you're listening over there, I want you to ask yourself one question. Would you adopt a pet? And if you would adopt a pet, what kind of pet would you get? Not even just that. Not what kind of pet. Why would you get that particular pet? And as you have heard, we have two co-hosts joining me, the single host, on this lovely, lovely Thursday afternoon. It is, I don't know how many degrees in Nairobi, but it is very hot. It's very, very hot out here. But we are still enjoy. We're coming to mellow you out. I think we can now start the interview the proper way. Ian, do tell us, who is Ian Kiring? Well, Ian Keringa is Ian Keringa. Uh, there's not much around me, just an animal lover. Uh, very quiet, very reserved. Uh, so that's, that's Ian Keringa. Uh, work-wise, I work with the KSPCA uh, professionally as a paravet. 
but at the KSPCA, I work as the animal welfare officer. So you'll interact. Most people will interact with me mostly on animal levels, uh, and yeah, that pretty sums up me. Okay, so that is Ian Kiringa. He's very quiet, and of course, as you have heard, he's not going to tell us much. He's just, you know, <laughs> going to tell us the essential bits, what we need to hear. Nothing animals more, nothing much. less, right? Yeah, Sindo. animals don't speak much. So, ah, <laughs> good point. Good point. He says animals do not speak much. So, like the creatures he cares for he adopts the same character um mariah you want to introduce people to yourself i'll just chip in <laughs> <laughs> all right so ian tell us kspca what is kspca and when did it start so the kspca currently stands for the kenya society for the protection and care of animals it did start around 1910 that's around 112 years ago but at the time it started as the East Africa Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals uh, and this was as a result of a group of uh, women who saw someone driving an oxen you know them kokoteni and and an oxen was pulling it with full load loaded overloaded and it was being whipped so they felt the necessity to start an organization that prevents cruelty around East Africa Uh, and the first office was set up uh, in Mombasa where we have our Mombasa branch mm. then eventually as times changed and different needs in animal welfare changed there came a time where there was a lot of rabies cases within the country uh, so it also changed the mandate to at least help control the uh, the emerging issues in animal welfare so as they did uh, rabies then eventually also got to enroll other programs like uh, donkey welfare programs where we try and educate the communities on donkey welfare uh, humane slaughter also came up where we educate the public and the slaughterhouse owners on humane slaughter of animals uh, that is take caring of the animals before slaughtering them there's also education and advocacy where we we try to influence policy and also go into schools and try and educate them on uh, animal welfare we've continued to the initial mandate of prevention of cruelty uh, we are we have authorized officers through the ministry of agriculture who are allowed who are allowed to arrest and uh, take someone to court for cruelly treating an animal mm. so that has also con- continued uh, in 1985 that is when we moved to the current headquarters in karen and from then we have had the naivasha branch come up and also an upcoming one in anyuki mm. yeah. speaking of the naivasha branch It's a very interesting branch since most okay according to most of the posts I've seen they take care of donkeys mostly. Mm-hmm. Now to most people especially to most Kenyans donkeys are not you know they're not animals that you take care of that much. I'm sorry for saying this but I'm playing devil's advocate on this show. So they're not animals that you essentially take too much care of. You know you just you're just there with them they help you with the work they lift the heavy loads. So what uh, at what point did it become pertinent for KSPCA to be involved in the care and protection of donkeys. Well, as you said, that perception alone gives a reason for anyone out there to want to take care of a donkey. If that donkey is benefiting, I'll actually start with a very simple comparison. And it all comes from all our social beliefs and our religious beliefs. Take for exa- for instance a young child who goes to school and they'll get the common saying, "Asante apunda ni mateke." Mm-hmm. Okay, take the same child on Sunday to Sunday school, and tell them Jesus on Palm Sunday walked on a donkey. 
you're giving contradicting views of the same animal. That animal, at the end of the day, is giving that person who is who has the animal working with the animal some food at the end of the day. Mm, that's true. So it's paramount that other animal, as uh, Moriah said, every animal has is sentient, like it can feel. Mm. It feels the pain. So if you look at those guys whipping them, giving them poor harnessing that they are they are overworked, they don't get vaccinations, they don't get to rest. Uh, it's not fair to them. And actually, I tell people, Santi Apunda Nipesa. And it's, it came to be true when uh, in the country we had four donkey slaughterhouses all slaughtering uh, for skin and meat to the outside countries. And we had an outcry from donkey owners and community members because the number of donkeys went down and got to a point where even the minister had to stop to close the slaughterhouses and they have not been reopened since then. So that is the amount of value of a donkey. Mm, that is very true. Speaking of donkeys, you know, um, this weekend I was somewhere and uh, two ladies were, were talking and they said that, oh, they were, they were talking about, they had just come from work. You know, the ladies you meet along the way when you're coming from work. So they had just come from work and they're saying that, why are we working so hard now in Kikuyu? They said, why are we working so hard? Are we donkeys? You know, donkeys are the only ones that, apparently, the perception is that donkeys are the only ones that work hard but gain nothing. So when I had that, my perception was, but why would you compare yourself to a donkey? I don't know if that in any way makes sense. Why would, you, why would people compare themselves to a donkey because of hard work? Does that make sense? Like, you see, you, you're, you're a human being, but instead of seeing yourself as using this donkey, like you said, to make money, you're comparing yourself to the animal's daily tasks. One, it's a perception where human beings and Sriya Raubido and said, you know, every life matters, but the perception, whether it's a dog or a cat, but the perception that human beings, it's, it's the perception of human beings that we are at higher position that makes us view the other animals as lower. Mm. In fact, if I was a donkey, I'd be laughing at a human being saying, you're not working as hard as I am, and this life is not easy. Uh, and the only, the only downside to a donkey working and not getting a reward, it's not because of the donkey, it's because of the owner, the owner not yeah, the donkey. That is true. That so is the true. donkey is actually doing its work. It's the owner who is lazy enough not to give the donkey something to, to eat, not to give that donkey a proper life. Mm. But the donkey is doing its work. Mm. So it's, a, it's, a, it's only the perception of a human being that we are higher than those animals. Yeah, now I get it, now I get it. So far, the way we've got it, where we are right now, I believe it's time for a musical break. And before you started this show, I asked my two guests, the co-guest co-host and my official guest, to suggest some Kenyan songs. And I don't know if you've come up with any so far, Moriah. Any Kenyan songs that you have in mind? Okay, it's probably been played out a lot, but I was thinking of, um, what's his name again? Uh, The song, Bwe, Bwe. Boy, boy. Yeah. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Ah, you see, you see, you have so. I was about you to sing songs. it out. <laughs> All right, so coming up next is Mbwemboy by BN Aim Soul. Maliza kunywa bombe, peleka maisha pole pole, daji pe mwenyewe zitoke. Kunywa maji, eh, 
Ukimaliza kunywa pombe Peleka maisha pole pole Dajipe mwenyewe zitoke Zonga ugalie Foundation weka ya samaki Ikati kati ya januari Kuloka sirishe kamati Tuanga ugalie Foundation weka ya samaki Katikati ya januari
welcome, welcome, welcome to the afternoons on Radio 254 during the OTB Extra Hours show. Joining us today is Mariah, our guest guest host. Hey, That's everybody. <laughs> and then we have Ian from KSPCA. We are talking about the care and protection of animals. And so far, we have got to learn one thing. All life matters. So you have to take care of everything. Your pets, yourself, just take care of it. That's the whole idea. We were talking with Ian just before the break. And Beryl brought up something about snakes. And Ian just, you told us about the, the lady who had snakes. No, there's someone who had kept a snake as a pet. So, guests, as you're listening, audience, not guests, audience, as you're listening, how do you feel about snakes as pets? Would you keep a snake as a pet? Just ask that. Ask yourself that. Would you keep a snake as a pet? Keep in mind, this thing will sneak into every crevice in your house. Anywhere. It can hide anywhere. It can be, it can be your shoe. So, think of in your bag when you're going out and you think there's nothing in your bag, but there's a snake in there. But would you keep one? I would. I know I would. I don't know why anyone I've told that keep a pet, a snake as a pet, they have a problem with it. I don't know why. Okay, so Ian, tell us about your role as the welfare officer at KSPCA. Um, so basically the role involves uh, ensuring that the programs that the KSPCA runs, which are all welfare-based, uh, are, 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 are done to the utmost uh, best. Uh, and by programs, I mean we have shelters that we run. That is where we put the animals that we have rescued. And once we have rescued the animals, we rehabilitate them. And then we also try and find them homes. Uh, we have Currently, we have three shelters. That is Naivasha, uh, Nairobi, and Mombasa. Then there are, and, and we also run the clinic uh, where we do spay and neuter campaigns. So we go into communities, uh, neuter the animals to at least control breeding, vaccinate them. All this goes into trying and control rabies, uh, which is a which is a major concern within the country. Uh, we also run donkey donkey care projects, where we go into the communities, ed- educate the donkey owners and users on various aspects of donkey care, both health, uh, basic husbandry, uh, medical care, harnessing as they are working basic culture change, uh, how to maybe rest your donkey, feed them well. Uh, we also work with, edu- with schools to at least uh, have a future generation which understands animal welfare. Mm-hmm. And as I started by saying, we also run a program called Humane Slaughter. Because you know, if I asked you, I don't know who doesn't eat meat here, uh, chances are no one knows how that meat ends up in your plate. Like if I asked you how your beef steak or your Yamachoma on the roadside on Sunday ends up on your plate. Not many know how that animal ended up there. And some people will see that and actually stop having meat. But we are more of a positive change organization. So we want to instill the change to the both uh, the farmers who are taking care of the animals, to the people who are slaughtering the animals at the slaughterhouse, to at least ensure they are humanely taken care of for both the benefit of the animals and the benefit of, of, the, of the beings. Uh, we also work with other organizations in issues of advocacy and policy change, uh, maybe ensuring that the welfare bills and other bills involving animal welfare are done to some standard and to some respect. So basically my role is to ensure that all those programs are able to at least, we have an attainable level of those programs uh, in a, with, together with my colleagues. Mm. Okay, so how did you, where did the interest to be a welfare officer at KSPCA come from? Well, it's a long story. 
uh, and I realized it 17 years later. But at the time, I didn't realize why the decision was there uh, to continue taking care of animals. So when I was a kid, I used to, when I was three or four, I had around 60-something rabbits. And I never used to slaughter my rabbits. And I kept uh, always wanting to have a lamb. But up to date, my grandma's never gotten me my lamb. Uh, and the reason is because I looked at rabbits and lambs and I saw they were very calm. They were not, they were not uh, in my perception, they were, they, they were not, they, they, they represented a symbol of just calmness. So I went to boarding school and when I came back, most of my rabbits had ended up in someone's plate and I got furious and things happened then and I, and I threw some tantrums as a, as a young kid. Fast forward, I went to campus to do theater and film technology and I did that for seven months and I was like, no, there's something different that I want to do. And I switched to Bachelor of Science in Animal Health. And along the line, I ended up interning for at the race course with uh, this, this vet who is called Dr. Vijay Vama, who was at the time the chairman of the KSPCA. And from there, I started doing a donkey care project in Ivasha, and eventually just grew into the job. Uh, but the passion for animals started from when I was a kid. And that's, 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 and it's kept growing and growing. So um, you've just told us that your rabbits sadly ended up on someone's plate. So far, after learning that rabbits can actually be eaten, have you ever had rabbit meat? Unless I know how it's been slaughtered, I can't have it. But you've had it before? Yes. You've, you've had yes. it, like, eaten it before? Okay. How about you, Mariah? Have you had rabbit meat? Actually, I'm not that adventurous when it comes to meat. <laughs> So, uh, okay, I was waiting for you to say you are a vegetarian. I had so many questions. <laughs> I was <up>. vegetarian, though. <laughs> what changed? Y- yeah, what changed? Do tell us. Um, a lot of it just, okay, I went through a, a cycle where I was vegan, then vegetarian, but it wasn't because it wasn't of animals. Like That wasn't the main thing, you know, like how vegans are like, oh, I want to change because I want to take care of the, you know, the environment and all that. A lot of it just had to do with health. And it wasn't really working for me personally on a health, you know, health scale. <laughs> so that's why I ended up changing and adding meat into my diet. But of course, you know, in a balanced way. Okay. Yeah. I'll ask, when you're vegetarian or vegan and, mm-hmm. you know, some of them prescribed, and I'm, I respect them very much because mm-hmm. they actually reduce the number of animals that are suffering. But mm-hmm. for example, an animal, let's say a beef cow, Mm-hmm. is injured it's beyond its working capacity and you have the choice of having that animal's meat or putting it down to sleep because it, it's it's no longer viable and it's it's probably suffering mm-hmm. so will you eat that meat again okay i'm the kind of person where it also depends on how the how it was you know killed and um I, I still think, yes, you can eat animal meat, but I do want it to be killed in a humane way, not like, you know, strangled and and um, tortured and all that kind of stuff. And plus also, is it safe enough to eat? Yeah. So it, it all depends on how it's, how it's uh, you know, prepared. Okay. Since we, are, you know, we are still on the topic of preparing meat. Mm-hmm. So I just have to ask, what is the safe, you know, you, you, you're telling us a safe way of... 
hum- or the humane way mm-hmm. of slaughtering. So what is the humane way of slaughtering an animal? I'll just start by you guys. How many of you have been to a slaughterhouse? Been to a slaughterhouse? I haven't. I haven't been to a slaughterhouse. So no one knows what happens in a slaughterhouse. Well, I I know someone who does the slaughtering at home. They have they, they, they have they have a few. They have a number of animals, you know. Uh-huh. Pigs, uh uh what are they called? Pigs, cows, sheep. And they sell this meat, you know. Yeah. They are they are his own animals, but he sells them to a, a slaughterhouse. So he slaughters them at home. Mm-hmm. There's this is the gun that they use. Mm-hmm. And then this before that there used to be electricity yeah. and now there's now the savage way of using an actual axe. Okay. Yeah. So mo- several of the people will use the axe, but the process of slaughter actually starts way before even the animal ends up in what is supposed to be a standing box that is where you 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 mainly put the animal down. So the humane slaughter process starts from the farm how the animal is loaded into the transport vehicle how mean how the space is within the transport vehicle how long that animal is going to travel for example you find you having camel meat maybe that camel traveled all the way from uh Marsabit to Mavoko without any stop any rest uh you find they were crowded some of them got bruised uh so the transportation of the animals then the handling by the individual people while the animal is being put into the into the car into the car yeah, yeah. and that affects both the the the, the animal cause you know if you're whipping an animal one it's getting bruises under the skin because you know their skin are quite tough mm. so if that animal ends up at the slaughterhouse one it's there's some blood clot within the meat so that affects both the quality of meat which will eventually affect your health and the and uh, the quality of meat because the the length that it would have stayed in quality has reduced has reduced cause you know blood is one blood, of the main yeah, yeah. uh pathogen holding uh, agents so that affects them then offloading at the slaughterhouse how you handle them into the slaughterhouse and now it goes to the part where you're speaking about stunning so stunning basically means rendering the animal unconscious so it ca- it, it can be slaughtered in a painless way because when it's unconscious then you it doesn't experience any any pain and there are different ways depending on the species uh there is electrical stunning there is mechanical stunning so electrical stunning for example in animals like uh pig and poultry uh mechanical stunning which is use of things like a captive bolt stunner which looks like a normal gun uh but it's it's just stuns it doesn't uh, it's it's not it's not uh, injure yeah it doesn't injure the animal and it doesn't kill the animal It uh-huh. actually just stuns the animal, it renders the animal unconscious. So, the yeah. reason why I'm insisting on that is because uh, there's some religious groups who don't believe in eating an animal that was already dead. Uh-huh. And the confusion is when the animal is stunned, whether it's dead or alive. So the animal is still alive when it's stunned. So essentially, it's you're slaughtering a live animal. Mm-hmm. Like it's alive and it's, n- it's being slaughtered. Doesn't it at some point, you know, feel that pain in That is exactly the reason why I said, you know, like one like if you look at the recommendations for how an animal let's take for example a cow, it should be going into a standing box or it's alone. It should be away. There are guidelines within the Kenyan laws uh, that is the Meat Control Act and the Prevention of Cruelty Act that show how you're supposed to design the slaughterhouse. You're not supposed to slaughter an animal in front of another live animal. So if the animal is within the standing box, then you stand it that is you use the gun 
that means it's gone unconscious. It's still alive but unconscious. So it doesn't feel any pain. Mm-hmm. Scientifically what they do kills the the sensory uh, part of the brain. Ah, okay. uh, that was science from there's a history about Mike the headless chicken, uh, the guy who had 11 months with a chicken without a head. Uh, there's a guy who had a hole through the the head and through the skull. Uh, he's called I think Phineas Cage. So that science from that is what developed the stunning methods and okay. and if you stay in a slaughter you'll realize when the animal is actually unconscious if you don't slit the throat within a short period of time the animal actually can regain consciousness yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 come back to life then from there everything onwards is not it's it's usually public health more from from after the animal is slaughtered mm. it's more of public health but you can get some welfare issues post that for example you might get bruises when when they're checking the meat you might get worms which will tell you how the animal was treated before because mm. it was done okay okay so speaking of um the humane way to slaughter animals i'm sure you've been to the ceremonies that take place you know maybe in december most when people are celebrating and there's the there's the way they slaughter them you know there's the whole traditional you know they have to face a certain direction that is for us they have to see to face a certain direction you have to hold it in a certain way is that a humane way of slaughtering it uh, you know it depends as i said handling by handling i mean no handling should should go away from the five animal freedoms you know that the animal should not be inflicted in any pain and if possible a stunner should be acquired if it's a big animal for you to slaughter and you can do that through uh, the vet who is coming to do the meat inspection or uh, a nearby slaughterhouse that already has uh, a stunner but the handling and the stress so what we advocate for is to have the animal have minimal as minimal stress as possible mm. so the animal should not be stressed because even when it's stressed it, some animals will release hormones that will end up being harmful to to, to the human beings mm, yeah that, that's that, what that. you find we have some diseases that people are wondering where they come from but it's all from some of them might be from uh, mishandling handling and eating meat that is not right not slaughtered in the right way okay okay so i am um, continuing with the interview we have now just learned about the humane way to slaughter animals so people get yourself a stun gun and slaughter animals the right way okay so that's one thing um what was the first animal that kspca took in do you have any idea about that that kspca took in like to take care of them you know the way you 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 help rehabilitate animals so what was the first animal that happened to be taken I I wouldn't have the exact answer for that but I know the reason why KSPC started was because of the oxen and then eventually started the shelters which were mainly for dogs and cats mm. then at some point there's a time we had the KSPC had several parrots and different different other animals that were being uh, smuggled or hawked within the country uh, then there's donkeys we've had horses tortoises monkeys marabou stocks different uh, different different sorts of animals speaking speaking of animals being hawked throughout the country have you ever come across someone who has a, a monkey at home moriah you mean as a pet as or a pet you know like a wild animal at home uh-huh. as a pet no but I, i mean as a kid where we used to stay uh we had monkeys <laughs> coming over here and there now the the wild ones the ones in the forest from oh. the from the forest and the surrounding areas not like kept at home 
Yeah, yeah. Because the regulations for all wild animals uh, fall under KWS. So even for us, when we rescue any animal, we have to either hand it over or work with them. Uh, so maybe someone might give us a call, there's an injured monkey. We'll go and rescue the animal, give it first aid, and take it to KWS for them to continue with the treatment. Uh, for animals like birds, we work with other KWS licensed uh, agencies for us to do the rescue and then give them to do the rehabilitation. Mm. Okay. So is the is the do you work as part of KWS or are you an independent organization that just partners with KWS? We are an independent organization. So in some instances cuz right now I'll give you a test just Google animal rescue Kenya. And you know animal doesn't cover and tell me what comes up. If I tell you to Google animal rescue, animal welfare, actually people, let's just cruelty to animals. If you Google all those things, they all lead you to KSPC. Oh, yeah, that, that, that is true. So people that will always true. give us a call on an injured animal. Mm. Uh, sometimes we'll, if we are in a capacity to respond, we'll be able to go and rescue the animal. If it's not within our mandate, we definitely inform the KWS and give them the animal. What, uh, during your time there, what is that one animal you were called to rescue and you were like, are you serious? You want us to come and catch that one? Well, of all animals you have seen, that's the one you want us to come for. <laughs> This was uh, was more. Of, it wasn't more of a rescue. It was more of. It was someone who's calling actually as a rescue. As we are a twenty-four hour on rescues and emergency, we you work twenty-four hours, so you can call us at any time for for us to rescue an animal that is suffering. So I remember it was around two a.m. and someone called and said, "Oh, there are two hyenas on on uh, Langata Road. Could you guys come and get them?" And you know it was quite a shock because one, they are free roaming. They are not injured. They are just walking. And you know someone wants us to go and rescue them, so it was quite, quite, quite a back and forth trying to convince them to just let them, let yeah. them go. Yeah, did they let them go? They 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 couldn't hold them. Yeah, they just let the case go. Yeah. Ah, okay. Because they are free roaming wild animals. So can you imagine running into a hyena? You know we've seen hyenas on TV, and and we usually think these animals are small. They are not. A hyena is huge. It's very huge and it, it, it has proportions that just don't make sense. So you can imagine if you're on Mombasa Road late at night and you run into one of those creatures there, it will be a memorable moment for you. So still going on with the interview, how has the public perceived um, the work that KSPCA does? The perception, I'll, I'll start with you. How, how do you guys perceive KSPCA work is? Personally, from the inter- from the interactions I've had, you know, with the pages and all that, and also, you know, seeing the work that you have done, I feel like you're doing the right thing. Because animal adoption, is it's not something common that happens. And the fact that you're actually taking care of animals that people find, see on the streets the other day, because I noticed that of late, dogs in Nairobi are almost none. There are almost no street dogs in Nairobi. But I don't know, I don't know if that's part of your, your work or... but. I've I've always been wondering who takes care of these animals and also if for example there was a time I was looking for a pet to adopt and I found out your page that's that's actually the first time I interacted with KSPC that was a few years back and I was very impressed that these people are all over the country taking care of animals you know vaccinations washing the whole you know teaching people exactly what you need to do with your pets I personally I I enjoy the work that you do and I respect it so yeah, that's that's very true. We have, you know, we have different perceptions. There are people who actually feel and know what we are doing is right. 
Uh, people will call us to do rescues. People will trust in us, ensuring that we're going to do that rescue. Uh, we're going to do the vaccinations. We're going to prosecute cases of people who are cruelly treating animals. But on the other hand, there is also the misconception of everything. The first misconception is we are a government organization. KSPCA is purely funded on donations. It's well wishes. You come with your one shilling. You come with your ten shillings. You come with your time. You give us free air like you're doing. So that is how KSPCA lives on. It's all on donations. Uh, the other misconception is, you know, someone will call you. They have their animal at home. And they'll be like, KSPCA, I don't want this animal. Come and get it. Okay. So you see... You, they take KSPC sometimes as a dumping ground as opposed to one being able to take care of the animals and at least, you know, but before you actually take an animal in, just question yourself, there's no point of taking in an animal and eventually saying, you know, if, I'm, if I get tired with it, I'm going to call a certain person or a certain organization to, to, to pick it up. Uh, so there's different perceptions, and, but most of them are positive. People are actually appreciative of what we're doing. And we hope with the support that we continue to to deliver more. All right. I think you should tell where can people actually uh, reach out to you as we as I you know find these songs because I'm thinking of up next to play some Nashinsky Traveler. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you, if if you can call us on our on our lines uh, on our fo- telephone lines oh seven three three five seven one one two five. Uh, follow us on our social media platforms, KSPCA Kenya, and uh, that is and KSPCA on on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, then you can also become a KSPCA member. Uh, there's a membership fee. You can get to our website and see uh, all about membership, and you can also donate. Uh, but most of all, the change that we expect is the next animal that you find is in suffering. So kindly help that animal. That is the greatest help you can help KSPCA. Help the next animal you meet. Whether it's with food, medical support, or actually ensuring it's in a good condition. All right. As you have heard, you can find KSPCA on social media. You have had their phone number. I will also be sharing them after the show so you can reach out and get all the help and information you need on pet care and protection.
your real life. Can't talk over things, cut our vibes. See, we can't live in your plans tonight. Not sure the universe is always right though. Tomorrow I'll be gone. You'll just be a picture on my phone. Trust me, I'll miss you when I'm home. But you know I'm a traveler. Tomorrow, yeah, you're gonna be just another memory. another sunny 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 thursday in the city under the sun nairobi and you are listening to radio 254 where it's kenyans for kenyans to the world joining us today on the show this is the extra hour show is ian kiringa from kspca telling us all there is to know about caring for animals pets and gen- just animals in general speaking of ian what is the one common most common pet other than cats and dogs in Kenya according to what you've seen i think i've seen people with rabbits as pets uh, it's quite growing i've also seen hamsters and uh, guinea pigs so they're also in on the rise people keep rabbits as pets not yes. just um meat yes. you know for meat people do keep rabbits as pets hmm okay cuz the way i i've known is known rabbits as Speaking of for someone who's known all as rabbits as, as meat, I have never I just I've only eaten rabbit meat once in my life. That's surprising. And I have rabbits. So it's very surprising. But yeah, yeah. So what um what are some of the challenges that KSPCA runs into on a regular basis and how do they overcome them? How do you overcome them? Well, there are different challenges. Uh one as I said, we are, we are funded entirely by donations. Uh, so one of the challenges that we sometimes face is, you know, the capacity financially to be able to achieve all that we would as encompassed in our name. Uh, you know, the first word is Kenya, the last word is animals. We want to get to a capacity where we are able to cover the country, country and not just cover but cover it efficiently uh, and at least add some more animals to the to the uh, to the mix. Uh, we also, you know, there's the day-to-day challenges, uh, working challenges. Maybe you're going for a rescue, you might get attacked. Uh, so there's all different kinds of challenges that we get. Wait, when you say attacked, is this by the animal or by people? It can be both. Ah. <laughs> But one is is a work hazard. The other one is is more of a public issue. I know, for example, you find some people are hawking animals, which is illegal. Uh, or someone is keeping the animal cruel and you have to take that animal so our officers might get to a point where they are being cruelly attacked uh, but thank you to the police because we, we are able to work with them and also they at least assist us uh, in at least overcoming some of these challenges uh, the other challenges is uh, you know being able to reach out to everyone even in the current programs uh, for example having to have everyone understand the reason why we are advocating for people to neuter and vaccinate their animals 
The reason we're asking for people to adopt from KSPC and not shop. Uh, because, for example, right now we have almost 300 cats at the Nairobi shelter alone and around 160 dogs. And on a monthly basis, it's usually 30 to 45 dogs that are adopted out. So if someone comes and adopts from the shelter, it gives us a chance to rescue one more animal from the street that is suffering and at least give it a home. Uh, but if you know, if you go and buy from that person in the street or that person who is hawking on the street, what you're doing is you're giving that person more reason to continue breeding and overbreeding animals in the street and leaving them in the eventually if there is no customer they'll just end up in the streets speaking of these animals that you've you've rescued from the streets um this year i think it it has to be this year you have rescued i think two two you have two rescues that you've made public i think it was the end of last year oh it was the end of it last year rock around about and, and, and uh, uh, and then there was a Ruiru bypass. Yes, yes. So and before that, I think there were some horses around coming that were also uh, in a cruelty issue. So what accounts as uh, I- illegal hawking? And yeah, yeah, what counts as illegal hawking of animals? Hawking of animals, uh, according to the Kenyan laws, is illegal. There's nothing like legal hawking. You're not supposed to hawk an animal. It's illegal. So if I if I have a cat, which I do, and and the cat gives birth to a lit, I think called a litter of kittens, but mm-hmm. a number of kittens. It gives it gives up birth to a number of kittens, and these kittens get to a certain age where they're sizable. People can see them, and I put them in a box, and I start mm-hmm. walking around my uh, my estate, and I'm like, cats, cats. You know, mm-hmm. cats for this much, cats for this much. I can be caught for that. Yes, can be arrested. And not just but by KSPCA, even uh, the police officers and any public member is actually authorized under law to be able to arrest and take someone to court for cruelly treating an animal. What about if I take a picture of those cats, post it on social media and start selling them? Well, uh, we have no control for media sale, so and there is no regulation on that. But in the first place, why would you let your cat give birth to several liters? Why not sterilize the cat? And in case you need another cat, help a cat from the streets. I think all. I think you also need to tell people about the what exactly is sterilization and wh- how does it help? Because most people don't even know about sterilization and neutering of animals. Most people would just stay with their animals, their dogs, their cats, and they keep them at home. And all they have to do is that this yeah. dog is really here. Then it goes away for a couple of months. Then it comes back and gives birth to like seven other dogs. And then these seven other dogs, they get killed or buried or given away. So do tell people about neutering and sterilization and how it ha- works. How does that work? I believe people actually do know and they also do not know. Because if you go to a farm of someone with cattle, chances are they'll neuter the or castrate the, the, the bulls. They'll If it's... Uh, pigs, they'll castrate the rams. But if they are, they'll just... And, they, they, and, and I remember even when we were young kids, people used to castrate their dogs, but in a cruel way. So actually the people know it, and they know the reason for doing it. Uh, the perception is, uh, there are people who have different beliefs. There are people who believe animals should continue, religiously should continue giving birth, and they should not be sterilized. But the benefit of actually sterilizing that cat or that dog is one you're actually improving the lifespan of that animal. Just like human beings, you won't be able to continue reproducing forever. You know, continuous reproduction weakens the animal. 
to um, you're giving a chance to another animal that and, and avoiding all these animals from the streets because there's what uh, two two three years ago there's an organization that is called the International Companion Animal Management and they came up with a research that shows all these animals in the streets are actually as a result of someone somewhere who has an animal who did not give that animal care for example sterilization and how does that happen i have a dog or a cat i don't sterilize that cat okay this cat will learn oh there's a garbage somewhere there so let me go and check whether there's some food uh, moraya's cat will also go there they'll mate have a litter of kittens or a litter of puppies those puppies will grow there without having any human contact so the only contact they'll have is when someone is coming to throw some trash trash and they run away so they'll grow with that fear, fear. Mm. okay and then you'll find in estates you have so many cats you'll find in the streets we have so many dogs that are not friendly but the reason that those animals ended up there was because i didn't sterilize my cat moraya didn't sterilize her cat Mm. So and then that same person will call KSPC or call maybe the council somewhere else and say you know there's a public nuisance of cats there's a public nuisance of dogs some people will also end up cruelly treating those same animals and it is all as a result of because the owner of one animal somewhere did not sterilize their cat so okay. the benefit of doing it is both beneficial to the specific animal and beneficial to the other animals in the environment okay Okay. So if you control population one of the ways of controlling rabies is if you control if you lower the number of animals that are spreading rabies you are you are, lower, you are lowering the agent that is actually spreading spreading it. the rabies. Speaking of rabies you mentioned earlier that rabies is a very you know b- very big issue especially in Kenya. Like people are struggling you know to keep animals safe because of rabies. So if say KSPCA comes across these animals and cats from on the streets and you take them in they are fine obviously you know like most infections it doesn't show immediately it's there right when it becomes a rabbit and say it's infected a few, when it becomes a rabbit after interacting with all the other animals how do you handle such a situation well all our animals coming in one we have resident vets who are able to assess every animal that comes in and you know rabies has different stages and there are different forms of rabies uh, there's a dumb form and there's aggressive form and sometimes you have to isolate the animals first and since rabies is a notifiable disease once the vets are confirmed that this is specifically rabies that animal has to be uh, taken to the uh, vet labs for them to confirm its rabies after which if the animal had interacted with other animals the other animals will be quarantined for a period of 14 to 21 days for us to observe whether there is any any signs of rabies mm. and but for human beings if you interact with a rabid dog uh, whether it's not even with a rabid dog if a dog bites you you're supposed to probably fast wash uh, the area with soap and clean wa- running water and immediately go to the hospital for further medical care you put soap on a wound like yeah, you wash it's it's a dog if say if it's a dog a dog has uh bit my leg you know uh the the, the calf the calf mm-hmm. of my foot and it's bit and the, the bite has gone through and through you know the way the teeth are big will you still have to wash that with soap just the surface wash or it just the surface and it depends oh, okay. because the issue is rabies you can get rabies today and it will show in 20 years so you have to go to the you know, it's a neurological 
Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. This That's is, true. and some of the reasons is as you age, some of the nerves start weakening, so it starts showing. Mm. So you have to go to the hospital immediately for you to get the most exposure vac- vaccines and also have the wound tended to and sterilized. Okay. So who is your main clientele when it comes to animal adoption? Do you get mostly Kenyans? Do you get foreigners? Is there, you know, Kenyans from a certain side, or is it just anyone who feels like they want a pet, they know where to find you and they find you? I'll say animal lovers. I won't. I won't categorize them as any any, any type of Kenyan. Any type. Any type or, of Kenyan or human or being. Human. Yeah. I'll say animal lovers or fellow animal lovers. I do have a question. Um, it's just it comes from one of the discussions we had off air. Um, uh, like how, like uh, how do you deal with people? Like, well, basically, how can a person deal with? Um, you know, there are people that are afraid of animals in general. They don't hate them, but just scared of animals. So, like, how how can that person overcome their fear of animals, like dogs and cats and basically all all animals? Like, how can they overcome it? Well, I think that's more of a psychological question or psychiatrist question than actually, uh, but. Basically, there are different ways. You know, for example, you see, if it's a young child, there is a reason why maybe that child might be afraid. Maybe they saw an animal eating or biting someone. Uh, they have had bad interaction with that animal. For kids, it's easy because there are different cues that you can try. and you know, It's easy to make a child feel secure. For example, you can show them animal, animal videos that are you know, cartoons or even things that make them associate the animal with happiness and, and and calmness, and it's not a one day. Some people will, will, will keep on having that fear. Uh, for adults, it's a little bit. It depends with the level, because there are some that will have done it out of experience, and maybe after explanation and maybe some guidance, they'll understand mm-hmm. that actually the animals are are very very friendly. Mm-hmm. So they need to maybe interact with the animals, maybe at confined level, understand, and they also need to have that courage. It's not easy changing the mindset. Yeah. Uh, if it's too much, then at the end of it, well, maybe someone might end up having to need some counseling to, under- to overcome a fear because if a fear becomes too much, mm. uh, then it becomes actually a phobia, not a fear. and mm. might lead people to doing even other actions to the animals. You know, for example, let's say I don't like, I have a f- or I'm, I'm very fearful of dogs. For example, mm. the case that Barry was saying, of fear. She has a pet, but the mom doesn't want the pet, or is a little bit scared of the pet. Mm-hmm. So what that will happen is, you know, it will force the pet to have to move out. Yeah. Okay. Which is not, as opposed, maybe Barry would have explained to the mom slowly by slowly and tried different approaches to change that mindset. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not easy to change the mindset, but it, it's always worth a trial. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's crazy because. <laughs> Even me myself, <laughs> I've always been afraid of dogs. But it's funny that I actually grew up with dogs my entire life. Mm-hmm. And recently, my I think I mentioned my brother had a dog like I think three years ago. And I'm kind of like at some point where I'm trying my best to become more accustomed around dogs, especially the the tiny ones. You know, the the small ones. Big dogs usually scare me. <laughs> but it's it's very it's very 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 funny. Because if I asked you right now to go into a kennel with three dogs, you probably mm-hmm. will, or give you an option of going to the national park, you'll probably take the option of going to the national park. 
Mm-hmm. The question is which is more if you're so talking about fearing. Yeah. So that means the reason why you fear an animal is actually why you should that is where you start with. Because mm-hmm. there are people who will read it from religious beliefs, others it's instilled uh you know myths. Uh, for example, some people will say or pakan imagine or cats are demons uh you know and you know if there's different there's different levels to it you know if i come today and you call me a horse probably i'll feel yes i'm very elated but if you call me a dog i'll probably be like i'm i'm, I'm giving you the next punch mm-hmm. so it's it's all one some some aspects of why we fear animals and perceive animals is as a result of things that have been instilled mm-hmm. so we need to change some of those perceptions and it's through you it's through 254 radio 254 it's through kspc it's all of us the stakeholders in, in the country to just come together and try and change those perceptions mm-hmm. and um different kind of question but if a person is attacked by an animal and of course you know you don't want to harm the animal um would it be justifiable like say if i'm walking at night and then a stray dog just comes and starts running after me it wants to bite me and i get a blunt object and hit it would it be justifiable to hit it or like like how how can i how can i handle that situation yeah, by the <laughs> without being that's actually a very good question because <laughs> does it count as animal cru- cruelty or is that self defense i'll say this and you know it's it's there's there are some things and i usually tell that is now where i be- bring animals to actually both human beings to become animals as people perceive them mm-hmm. because the first thing that you'll do is instinctive which is it is natural for even if it was a dog that you did the same that is instinctive mm-hmm. so i wouldn't call it self defense i'll say it's your instinct because if my instinct is there's a way i can control this animal without it biting me without me hitting the animal then i'll use that but if it was the first in- instinct and i did that then that's fine and people have different levels of adrenaline there's someone who will opt to run there's someone who will opt to stay and you know different actions so that that i cannot give a definite answer on what you're supposed to what you're supposed to do is try and if you have a way of not hitting the animal and you can control the animal that's fine but if it's the first instinct that came i'm not saying you hit the animal mm-hmm. i'm just saying like the reaction cannot be uniform to everyone people will react differently for example for me if a dog bites me chances are I'll, i'll start trying pulling my leg maybe try and restrain it but it's because i know how to how to handle how to yes. handle. yeah, yeah. and then you see it's very different because it might be a young school kid yeah. but at the end of it all all those stray dogs are because of someone is not taking care of their dog somewhere so let them take care so that we don't have those dogs i think my, myself and strays we have a different relationship honestly it's weird it's very weird because I'd, i can find myself walking late at night in somewhere i am not i'm not familiar with you mm-hmm. know those times you just there's no mat there's no yeah. mat so you're just walking and as i'm walking i look behind me as like five strays someone walks towards me and they see five dogs beside me and they greet me like abariakom kubo and i'm like eh? what what's going on because it's not something i'm used to I, i'm not <laughs> from this place they don't know me so i look around and there's five different stray dogs just walking with me and as soon as they look at them they don't just stop they stop and then one of them they all come and surround me and i'm like what's going on so instead of hitting them i was just like you know what just be you are just you, they're just dogs i'll just let them be Mm-hmm. So is it 
is it the public's perception that stray dogs are always harmful or is it the way someone is carrying themselves that makes them harmful it's a combination of several factors it, they can be for example if there's a female dog that has given birth and has puppies it will naturally be protective of the puppies uh there's also the perception you know i remember initially and dogs used to be poisoned you know and people would say it's because they are a nuisance uh then of course if if i'm running around and dogs naturally they instinct they will want to run after you so it's a combination of different factors and you cannot just pick one to say this is a specific reason why these dogs and it can also be a rabid dog uh, mm-hmm. so it's it's different factors that that lead to an animal attacking a human yeah. being so animals so what you're saying is that animals don't simply attack there's no, no, no point no. where an animal will just attack no 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 there's always it's, it's a point of provocation where the animal notices i need to defend myself or i need to react natural. in a certain kind of way it's natural behavior there's what is called uh, in animal behavior the the flight flight zone uh for example people say asanti apunda ni mateke but what they forget is a donkey only has a vision of 270 degrees so if you approach anywhere here and sudden movement the donkey will naturally ah. kick okay so you know and even you look at the donkey's kick it's usually to the side Street. so it's usually to that that vision side. so if you are anywhere in between so you find those natural those small cues that people assume that is why i say before you keep any animal at least in the sun the behavior of the animal make sure you're ready for that animal don't just go and pick an animal and say you know what oh this this small chihuahua looks good let me just take it into the house make yeah. a decision an informed decision before getting any animal okay and do they sense fear yes they do like from humans they sense fear from humans and also from they can say no you mean sense that the human being is fearful yeah well I believe they also have their ways of telling whether you you know like the same way you tell whether these these animals is, is scared mm-hmm. or it's the same way they will also be able to sense but most of their of theirs is is instinctive they are there to just express what they feel mm-hmm. for example if they feel this is their territory for example you know a dog will bark when it you when you invade their territory mm-hmm. you might find a very friendly dog in a compound throughout the day but in the evening you cannot go into that compound it's not because the dog is actually chasing you or anything it just says you know i know at night this is my territory no one else comes in during the night i'm used to that that's my normal system so they sense someone is there but about sensing whether you're fearful it's it's all about your actions whatever if you run they definitely think you're running mm-hmm. run after you i i mean i think i i get her question because If you watch some of these animal documentaries and everything they they will tell you that animals do sense fear like they can they can is it the pheromones yes yeah yeah there's there's that there's that aspect uh because you see even how you approach an animal for example if I, if I was approaching a horse or a donkey you just can't go when you're 50-50 true because you see you also have for example let's say i want to give an injection to a, a horse if i go there 50-50 you know i'm not saying i'm going to harass the, the horse but the horse needs to know you in authority and you're there you in control but otherwise if you know a little thing then it's all it's, it's all you're the one on the other side so they do sense yeah. and if you are uh 
you know, coming across a group of dogs and, you know, you're kind of like nervous. Um, I, I, I always have this thing where I just look at them in the eye as I walk and they don't <laughs> like, like how, how, how can you just like send a message to them? Okay. Don't come near me. Uh, in fact, when you say look into the eyes, you know, especially for male dogs, they are very dominant. Mm-hmm. So if you look a male to the eyes, it means you're challenging. challenging. Yeah, yeah. It might wow. actually, <laughs> actually sound to be the other side. So <laughs> ideally, if, if they're not aggressive or anything, just if they're friendly, you can pet some, just let them walk. If, if you're not sure about whether they're friendly or not, just walk by, walk by slowly and just leave them to, to their business. Just let them be. Okay. Yeah. Just um, walk slowly and majestically. Don't don't run. Don't don't do anything that mm-hmm. scares them. Or just walk. Just continue with the same motion and everything. I shouldn't look at them at all. Just. Oh, you can. Uh, they are actually dogs are less harm less harmful than human beings. True. <laughs> some human beings. Some, yep. some, <laughs> some, some human, human beings. beings. <laughs> you need that clarity. You need that clarity. All right. All right. So you are listening to Radio Two Five Four. My guests are. Ian Karinga and Mariah. Mariah is our guest host. Ian is our guest from KSPCA and he is the welfare officer telling us that you don't look a male dog in the eyes. You just might be challenging it and I'm not sure you want to fight with a dog on any day. So yeah, that's what we are doing. Remember, you can listen to this show directly from the website that's at 254.radio or you could directly you could alternatively and my most recommended option by the way is to download the radio 254 app from the app you can do so many things you can either listen live watch live schedule your broadcast or simply simply get to see the shows that go on right here on radio 254 coming up next is eduardo omondi with wait for me My baby is a jet plane Take your time and you miss her Yeah, my heart has a label And a name is upon it How did it go from your own mind To I need some time Whispers of a voice still stuck in my mind Lost to the sense of time Nothing but an hourglass The taste of forever So deceiving Lost to the sense of time Nothing but an hourglass The taste of forever So deceiving Come away I'm a slave to the pain It tells me break free but I hold on I'm in short coats and chains Cause of what you do, mama yeah. How did they go from your own mind To I need some time Whispers of a voice still stuck in my mind 
said hello what's up how you doing i asked her where she go she said to the ladies room to get myself patched up for you my heart started beating i don't think that she noticed she moved closer to me I didn't know what to say, I didn't know what to do, this baby got me tripping. Let me tell you something, I was all alone for the night. Let me tell you something, please don't hold me like this for Tell her that I can't do this no more, no more. She came closer to me, baby. Don't you notice? Notice what you're doing to me. She came closer to me. I can't help myself. No use, I can't fight. I wanna run and hide, but my feet can't move. I don't know what to do, what to say. I don't know how she does, what she does. She moved closer to me. I didn't know what, what she say. We are at Radio 254, and what we are having is a good, good time. Playing for you right there was Stay Away by Eduardo Omondi, and 
before that was wait for me by the same artist who is eduardo omondi you ask eduardo omondi is an afro pop r&b artist from nairobi kenya uh, as you can hear his sound his sound is very very out there is not someone who is bound by the diff- same sounds that you hear in nairobi every other day no this is someone who is ready to experiment with different sounds and what kind of sounds are we talking about we're talking about reggae soul traditional african mix them all up and give you uh, some kind of a pop afro pop edm vibe and that's exactly what you get we are still here with our guests moriah our co-hosts and ian kiringa from KSPCA Ian you were telling us there are different welfare issues when it comes to animals not just dogs and cats yeah all all animals um experience different levels of welfare issues uh whether it's a wild animal when it comes to issues like poaching you know those animals experience suffering before they die or during uh, whatever for example someone harvesting a horn so you can imagine a horn on a rhino or a tusk on an elephant so you can compare that to having your nail taken out without like someone just comes yeah, in and is picking your nail out so you can imagine the amount of pain those animals go through uh, other animals you can find animals like uh, poultry or chicken for example when they're being transported you find they're being transported in very 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 Limited small crates mm-hmm. uh, they don't even have a space to move Uh, there's also the battery cage farming in chicken which you find an animal people want to increase the productivity of the eggs which is rightfully so but they do that at the expense of the bird uh, you find there's overuse of antibiotics which is both harmful to the animals themselves and also harmful to the human side so antibiotic resistance is one of the issues in animal welfare um, and there's also May I ask yeah. about the antibiotic resistance? When you say antibiotic resistance, is it like the antimicrobial, way antimicrobial not actually oh, antibiotic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, antimicrobial. Yeah. So is it like the way you can or rather some pests develop tolerance to a certain uh medicine? Yeah, that's true and sometimes you find you have some people who are not professionals, you know especially the people out there don't understand for you to be able to treat an animal you have to be registered by the veterinary a Kenya veterinary board so you find some people will go out there overuse an antibiotic or some farmers will assume they know how to treat go and get the medication themselves and uh, apply or uh, administer to the animals so all that does over time the animal or the specific organism that is causing that disease develops resistance uh, take for instance the case of uh, occur with uh, something as simple as mastitis you know someone keeps using an antibiotic to treat that mastitis one they are overusing the antibiotic so the mastitis get the the the, the animal the animal creates re- the disease itself creates resistance against the, the the antibiotic that you're using and also the person on the other end consuming the milk starts consuming that antibiotic so you go to the hospital for another specific infection and it's not able to be covered because it's an animal infection yes and you're also causing that animal anguish because if another animal or the same animal falls sick you won't be able it won't be able to, to be treated so the its welfare is also compromised in that in that aspect mm. um of course there's donkeys being whipped um there's the as a transportation slaughterhouse there's all different sorts of issues and as we said even wildlife or people who are hawking animals even the way we are housing our animals at homes 
or transporting animals to various areas. You might also look at even animals in the marine, uh, fish and, and, and other animals within the sea. People p- putting so much waste into into the system, so you find the animals actually not having their healthy life within the marine. So there's all a whole range of of welfare aspects across the different uh, divides of animals, mm-hmm. animal sections. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's interesting. You know the way you. It's interesting that you can be vaccinated, or rather, vaccinating your animals on a certain disease, and then you get. Okay, if a human being gets an animal disease, mm-hmm. how what's the best way to handle that? Or rather, how would you detect that's an animal disease and not the normal diseases that humans get? So, they are, they are very specific diseases. They're actually called zoonotic diseases. Those are diseases that can be transmitted from human beings to animals or from animals to human beings. And... The the, the 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 human doctors know how to treat them and there's always the, there's always the diagnostic tools of understanding or trying to know uh, a specific disease whether it's through the signs and symptoms uh, because each and every disease will have its own signs and symptoms or further diagnostics like you know having to go for specific tests uh, there are basic diagnostic there are basic diseases that are zoonotic and the major ones say there's rabies there's anthrax so those are some of them there's also issues like worms, there are some worms that will be passed from animals to human beings. So there's different uh, zoonotic diseases and even under the zoonotic diseases list, uh, within the zoonotic diseases unit in the country, there's a whole list of all, or most of the zoonotic, zoonotic diseases. diseases yeah. okay. At least the ones that are within uh, the country. Because there are some diseases that are within the country and you might not find them in other countries or within the tropics, that is what they usually say. There's the tropic diseases. Mm. For example, if you have amoeba, within the country, you might not have the same, you might not get amoeba some in some Europe. Other place. So if you go in Europe and you've got amoeba, you might end up trying to get medicine back from the country. Oh, but there's usually no... If there is, but uh, it's, it's for them it's, it's considered not there. Or like, no, like I was wanted to ask if, if the zoonotic disease, if say you get the disease here in Kenya and you move to Europe, and the disease, it, you is it it becomes difficult for you to get medicine there. You might, but chances of the pathogen surviving in those environments won't be. Oh, so you just you could either heal. No, no, natural. you have to take some medication. Oh, you have to. They can treat you, but they, it won't spread. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Are um are animals also vaccinated against COVID? No, no, none that I know of, but not none that I know of. Do, can they get COVID? None that. But, but the 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 the, quest, the, uh, the the disease did come. Okay, some reports. Did come. The, I have to say some reports. This mm-hmm. is very. I have to be very politically correct with this one. Mm-hmm. Some de- reports say that the disease came from bats. That's some report. I'm not. Sh- we are not a person. I'm not. I'm no scientist, so I can't say with you know, pure conviction that they came, it came from bats. But that's one of the reports. Well, it's a report which has not been scientifically. It's not been verified yet. And also, if you look at it, COVID was a mutation of, you know, like, two different. From what they said, it was a there was diff- it was a chimera of, of a virus. You know, there's different classifications of different viruses, so it was maybe a chimera of different. It might be a strain from the animal side and the human side. That is why it, it formed something different. But still, no confirmation of the exact 
source. Source, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of COVID, during the COVID times, what were some of the problems that you faced? Well, starting with like everyone else, we had to ask for special passes because you know someone calls there's an injured animal. Uh, you know, if you look at the initial guidelines that were given, even the cafes and the people were given special passes. Uh, vet provi- vet service providers uh, and even rescue organizations like us were not included initially. So we had an issue even for a specific, even for an individual vet to be able to move from one place to another. It was quite tasking. As KSPCA, uh, you know, relying on donations, initially the adoptions went down, the donations went down because most of the people are donating towards the human side uh, and trying to help the human side. So we had a challenge with that. Some of our suppliers so had to close, feed suppliers, so we were quite in, in quite in a fix. Quite a fix, okay. okay. And uh, what has been your recovery so far? Now well, that things have come back to sort of normal. COVID did both good and bad. As I said, that was initially. But then you see, as people learn to stay home, so what happened is you found, since people are more at home, working from home, uh, more the kids are at home, you found more people wanting to adopt pets. So you got more people adopting. But on the other side, people being at home tend to notice more animals suffering within the streets. So they tend to give us more calls. So it was like balance. You adopt more animals and then you get more calls in so animals to rescue. more out, more in. Yeah. Or at the same out, same in. Yeah. But it's it's a principle, you know, if, if you... The main thing is we need to do more education, but if we do more adoptions or more sensitization, there's the both effects of the positive of what we look as positive and there's also the positive from what the people receiving the education view it as. Because mm. the people outside there view it as... So these animals are suffering. Let me call, and they know KSPC now because it's it's, it's grown. It's grown, so yeah. they tend to call us more. Yeah. So uh, what is like if someone wants to adopt uh, a, a pet? What's the? Do they have to go through a process? Do you guys um, say visit their home area and see if it's safe? You know, like how they how it comes with adopting a child. What's the process? So for us, yes, you have to at least give us. You can either call us or come to the shelter. We'll then give you an adoption questionnaire and ask you a few questions. These questions basically revolve around ensuring that the animal goes into a good home and also trying probably not to say no, but to educate the person who intends to adopt about how to take care of that animal more. Uh, And sometimes we are forced to say no. uh, If we feel genuinely that this animal is going to suffer more than it is, uh, because you know, being in, being at the shelter doesn't mean it's a perfect home. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants to live in a children's home forever. So even those animals have feelings, and they don't want to stay there forever. But if it's going to suffer more, then we'd rather retain the animal. So once you've had the questions, uh, we take you around. You have a look at the animals that are available for adoption. Then you also have to sign an adoption agreement. Uh, pay the fee subscribed for each animal. So for dogs, it's eight thousand. For cats, it's uh, three thousand. Then post-adoption, we try and as much as possible to come and check. This can be physically, uh, it can be through a phone call. We try and follow up and see how the animal is faring on, and we also request a person adopting to give us feedback. Um, the animals that we are giving out for dogs and cats, they are all sterilized and have had all their vaccinations. And if it's on schedule, then you bring them back to us 
at free free of charge the fee you pay for adoption covers for all the vaccinations so when once someone pays this amount that you've set for the dog or the cat they are allowed to just you know it's been a couple of months it's the time for vaccination it's the time for sterilization they can just come in and have their pets taken care of or no no no, no. so and the, the reason i said like if you adopt let's say for example a young animal that still is in the process of having the vaccinations you'll bring them back for f- to complete the set but then if it's the annual vaccinations you're supposed to actually have a vet who provides that service near you the reason is one uh, we're not a public uh, vet clinic and two you know we always advise people to also work with the vets that are close to them for example if you have an emergency at night you might not be able to get a vet at KSVC you might be able to get someone who can rescue the animal but not the vet who will attend to the animal so it's always good to have a vet near you and would you advise um i mean dogs are like my best example but would you advise if i had a dog and i lived in a place where there's not much of a compound there's no veranda whatsoever is it is it uh, healthy to keep a dog indoors or must you like walk your dog every day or must they have a chance to just roam around if yeah, they like want to like the people who keep dogs in apartments yeah how does that Pan it's coincidental because we had that conversation because there are some guidelines we are, we are putting up and you know we had that conversation in the morning and it's I'll, I'll pause it because and I hope no one takes offense to this but would anyone stay in the house full day without going out what makes you want to go out simply just go out just to breathe yeah, just you need that air you need, need to, to see the surrounding yeah. so there's a freedom called freedom of a uh, freedom from distress and there's also freedom from freedom to express normal behavior in the five animal freedoms so the freedom to express normal behavior that dog needs to go out and needs to interact with other dogs and need some level of exercise there's no issue with the animal staying in the house if it's litter trained but it has to have the daily uh, requirement for the specific or for the for exercise it has to go out and interact with other animals so basically it has to be free from distress and all that so people are assuming that you can keep an animal permanently in the house it's not it's not right for the animal and uh if if the animal was to stay indoors for the entire day what would happen well there are several things that will happen one the health will be compromised through the behavior will be compromised mm-hmm. uh you know it's like it's like a kid being locked in the house for they want to go out and play i want to go out and play i want to go and interact with other animals you're denying that animal the freedom of expressing its normal behavior you are actually training that animal to your perception and that is why i said all that we do to animals is not what the animals want it's what the human beings want so before anyone does anything to an animal i always advise think as if you are that animal would you want to do that to that animal would you want to stay in the house the whole day and if not why not and that reason will give you a reason why that animal should walk out it looks like it does make sense though i i i mean i i feel sorry cuz cuz i've seen some animals literally just been locked in and 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 you know like say the owner lives in a in a space where they don't have like that compound or that veranda so they just have to keep the animal in and the neighbors are complaining so like if you come across a person like that um you know they just live in a certain area where they don't have all that but they really want an animal would you still allow them to adopt one as i said the terms we say no 
Yeah. And the, one of the questions we ask is how do you inter- where are you going to keep the animal? If it's a rental apartment, does the landlord allow? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have space to walk these animals? How do you intend to be giving attending to the daily needs of the animal? You have a vet, so those are some of the questions we usually ask as KSPCA. Uh, but it shouldn't just be as KSPCA; it's anyone because you can get an animal from anywhere. You might find an animal that is suffering in the street and say, "You know what? I want to rescue mm-hmm. this animal." But even after having that animal treated, you should be able to be in a position where you're like, "Am I able to take care of this animal? Am I really? Yes, I've helped this animal, but am I really? Do I really want this animal?" the same thing uh, in Christmas, Easter is coming up, you'll find parents and kids will be like, oh, I want a dog, I want I want a dog. Mm-hmm. Because they have seen a cartoon, which is very good because it's positive. It shows they are creating a positive image of animals. But you see, maybe that's a three-year-old or a four-year-old who has never interacted directly with, with the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know that dog will need to be walked. It's not like uh, a teddy bear that they're going to sit with the whole day. It will mm-hmm. need training and everything. So you bring the animal home the cat or dog starts pooping everywhere. The parents are like, no, we don't want this. So you cause distress both the animal and the kid. So it's always good to prepare even the kid or even yourself before getting an animal and understanding what needs that does that animal need before you get it to your home. As well as what needs you can fit. Yeah. yeah. And um, do you guys... Uh you, I mean, you say that all your animals are vaccinated. Do you also train them? Or is so, that up to the owner? So we do basic training. Uh, as you see, 99% of our animals are rescues. Occasionally, we'll get people who are moving out of the country. And if we have space, we'll accept them at a fee. But so we'll, you know, the first, the first training, which is the hardest, is actually trying to get the animals social and trying to understand their behavior. You see, an animal that has probably been in the street being mistreated, before it gains that trust back to trust human beings and now know that it can go to a home and it won't be mistreated is the hardest part. Then you can do maybe things like lead training, basic train, basic commands like in and out. But if the owner wants further training, we recommend them to several trainers within the country who are able to professionally do the training. Because the other trainers will cruelly tra- tra- uh, train the animals. You want to train a pet? You've been. <laughs> you seem to be very interested in this. I mean, I, no, I, it's, it's actually a very growing business. Pet uh-huh. training, pet grooming. There are quite uh-huh. some some people starting up, and pet importation, which is breeding. So, speaking. Ah, yes. So wait, have you told? Do you want to train a pet? You haven't answered that yet. Before I, I go to Ian, this first of all, I need to overcome my fear of dogs. <laughs> one of the advice is visit the KSPCA. You'll interact with them just the same way. You know, same people say, um, "I want to have a kid. They want a dog, but they have never had a dog." So what mm-hmm. usually advise them is come to the KSPCA, volunteer, maybe just even walking around, walk a dog, wash the wash the balls, feed the animals. You mm-hmm. know, you do that three, four, five times, and you realize actually they are very very friendly and you know it's the perfect place it's it might be scary at first but you realize it's 150 dogs and they are very okay so what mm-hmm. would one dog at home do as long as it's not aggressive <laughs> they're not aggressive no, no, yeah. no, it's, they're all different i don't know the reaction of an animal is is as a result of either another animal doing something mm-hmm. another, or another human being mm-hmm. okay I, I i i'll think about it if animals had the same mistreatment memory as human beings for example, someone knocks down 
dog. Mm-hmm. You have to amputate the leg. Three, four, five months later, the dog is very friendly to human beings. Take the instance of that when that dog was being knocked. If it was a human being that was being beaten by that dog, and that human being five months later sees that dog, mm-hmm. see the different reaction. The dog forgives human beings and forgets. Mm-hmm. You might assume you might as well claim scientifically it doesn't have a memory. But if it doesn't have a memory, why do they run away when they see human beings? But if it is you who is who now has a fear of dog, if that dog bites you and you see it the next time, you'll be running away. And it's that same dog. Why? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I've been a, I, I think I have I've been around animals for mm-hmm. a better part of my life. And I realized if at all, even a cow, if you approach a cow, you know, seeming kind of violent, you know like when you're a child that first time you're playing with your friends, mm-hmm. you have sticks in your hands and you keep running around beating each other. If you approach a cow, you know, with that kind of a mindset like ah, mm-hmm. If you do that, the cow will there's a certain reaction you get. You yeah. Even for cats, I have a cat right now, and I got it as a kitten from a friend. I noticed that there are times where the cat is just relaxed, and that's when I'm also just relaxed. So I'm saying, like, it's mm-hmm. human beings. Even when you're sleeping or you're taking your nap, and uh, Eugene comes and says, ah! you'll definitely be like, yeah. <laughs> it's natural <laughs> even for animals, and they'll react differently. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't. Uh, that's why I said everything you intend to do to an animal, just mm-hmm. think from that think animal's fast. perspective. And mm-hmm. also, don't assume the animal doesn't have uh, feelings or it, it's not sentient. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel anything. It does. Mm-hmm. It actually probably has higher senses in some departments than human beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it will react at a heightened level. So if I'm calm, then the animal is calm. And animals actually read moods. You've seen mm-hmm. when, when dog owners have, have, have said, you know, when, 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 um, when they're sad, you'll mm-hmm. find the animals also being kind of a little bit dull. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had dogs will sense when someone's, there are dogs that are, you know, when someone's blood sugar is going low. So you might be taking your nap and they're yeah. diabetic people and the dog will actually wake you up to have your injection. Mm-hmm. So animals are very, we had the dogs that were trained to sense people who are positive for COVID. And also the dogs that I've, I've I've seen videos of dogs that can detect um, this mental problems, yeah, like people who and are they're suicidal they're or things like that. Mm-hmm. Like a dog can detect that. So say you have a friend who has a dog and it has been trained that way, mm-hmm. and you've been having those kinds of thoughts, and you walk into that person's house, there's a way the dog will react to you, and then the owner will tell you, "Are you okay?" Like the owner can. So they sense they sense uh, depression. So if you look at some even in some of the some of the institutions where they train uh, animal behavior, uh, they'll actually tell you first of all to study human psychology before studying the animal psychology. Mm. Because there's a very close link between the behavior of an animal and how human beings behave. If you find someone cruelly treating an animal, chances are that person will also be cruel, will cruelly treat someone somewhere. Mm-hmm. And even for issues like, you know, seen people with conditions like autism going to animals and you know finding comfort like they feel they actually can communicate with the animals they find it easy and, and you find them actually very happy to be around animals i remember there's someone who came in to visit the shelter and the kid was autistic and do you know she had to stay there until around 7 38 p.m because the kid refused I'm not totally sure. and you know how they can how these people can react in, mm-hmm. in you know when you know when which is you know, so they stayed there 
because the kid wanted to stay and, and felt a connection and you could tell she was actually very attached to the animals so yeah. the animals are an important part of, of the society in different aspects mm, that's why they say dog a dog is a man's best friend best friend i think a man should be man should take themselves a little bit down we've put ourselves to mm. to too high so a man is a dog's best friend <laughs> no that even doesn't sound right why would you say that like man we've put ourselves you know manners too high it's just so everything we're doing to the animals is to our benefit we never think of that whether it's that meat whether you're rearing even right now this conversation are we talking about it genuinely because of the animals or because of ourselves mm. are we here because of the animals or are we because of ourselves personally the reason i had this conversation is because i want people to know about KSPC and know that they take care of animals like i've seen people who literally just uh, okay i'm not sure i don't want <laughs> i'll keep that yeah. but I've, i've seen people who don't treat animals as they should be treated that's good mm-hmm. when so there are people like you who actually have places you know where they can be taken care of correctly yeah, yeah. so the reason i'm doing this is that other people know about you and they do the correct thing that's good you see that's for that's for me yeah I I don't know about other people so I can't speak for them. So yeah that's I think that's that's correct because we are here for the animals in in an indirect way. And you can always change the life of the next animal you meet. You can also learn about the animal you want to take care of or are taking care of. And KSPC is there to to help where it can to at least make sure the life of that animal that you have is 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 at its optimal level mm. in a positive and if you have um say you have a you have a child a small baby and you want the kid to be accustomed around the animal how 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 can you how can you just you know introduce them to animals and make them feel comfortable around them from an early age well there's different ways as i said one it can be through their peers who have animals you can do animal cartoons you can take them around animals you know a kid will naturally trust the guardian or parent so mm-hmm. if they trust you you can take them around animals and eventually let them grow and get to a age where they can interact with animals properly you let them interact with animals and let them interact with the animals that they find comfortable with first okay. uh, maybe uh, don't maybe you know the same kid is in school learning about Adam and Eve and learns about snakes and then the mm-hmm. first place you're taking the kid is the snake park yeah. you or maybe and also avoid Parents and people in, in different positions should avoid small, small things like you know, umboy. You know, yeah. like you're already telling that kid Triggers. this is, you're triggering, mm. you're triggering something that those kids will be like, why am I being? It's it's subconscious, mm. but they don't know it. Mm-hmm. Just sticks there. Or even asante apunda ni mateke. Those small things. Oh, paka ni jini. Those small things, we should try and, and desist from saying them because they end up creating different uh, phobias against animals. Okay. And you you you've, you've had like, you know, toddlers and infants in um coming coming to visit animal shelter, right? When their parents come in to visit, but for volunteering our policies from 16 years. Oh, from 16. Yes. Okay. But they can come in with their parents, they can just walk them around as they as they when they're holding them. And where are you guys located again? So in Nairobi on current Langata Road mm-hmm. adjacent to the Hillcrest School 
Naivasha, we are on Moy South Ro- South Lake Road, just past uh, Enashipai Hotel. Mm-hmm. In Mombasa, we are ra- around Bamburi. Nanyuki, we are starting up, so we haven't set up a specific office yet, but we work with the, the North Kenya Vet Services. Oh, nice. We should definitely take a trip there. <laughs> yes, we should. We definitely should go there and just, you know, share with people the actual situation on the ground at KSPCA so that they can see all these. If you've heard they have 150 dogs. That's correct. On 300 cats. 300. Three, you know, that's like cat heaven for cat <laughs> lovers. Like and 300 cats. Yes, and I'll tell you for a fact, and I think every cat owner in Nairobi needs to at least make a change mm. because it's becoming every day we are getting 10 to 15 calls specifically on cats that's just on cats and, and everyone is the, the main issues is oh there are cats that have been there are so many cats in our estate um, to the extent you, now we have like a large population of landlords saying we don't want pets into our you know yeah. Yeah, that's and yeah. some of the reasons is because it's irresponsible pet owners mm-hmm. who are leading to that because if I come with a cat and, you know, when I'm moving out, I leave the cat. The cat, I'd, one, I don't sterilize that cat. So mm-hmm. I leave that cat there. It continues giving birth. Eventually, from one cat within two years, from one queen, in two years you can get 144 cats through the lineage. Mm-hmm. From one initial cat. Of course, some of them will die due to natural reasons, lack mm-hmm. of vaccinations, being born in conditions Accidents. so you're also causing more pain to those animals suffering because they you find animals have there's so many kittens suffering in the streets it's because that one person did not neuter the animal and it's becoming a very very great concern within Nairobi within every month we are able we are, we are taking like 40 40 50 cats which is not even sustainable even for us yeah I can, ima- I can imagine that cats the are Nairobi fella in sanctuary which is also an organization we work with already has also almost 300 cats so people should adopt more and also ensure that uh, the animals are neutered. Then people in essence should understand, you know, when they are free roaming cats, cats are territorial. So if you take, because people have the habit of saying, oh, KSPC come and take them out or people do some other cruel things and eliminate the cats from the estates. So if you eliminate a population of cats fully, what happens is the nearby territory comes in yeah. and they'll just continue reproducing. Just so you have solved nothing. So the advice we usually... Uh, take us as KSPC and other sister organizations like TNR as we come in, trap in the cats, neuter them, vaccinate, and then return a population to the area to at least mark and, and guard the territory. That way, within a period of like two, three years, you find the population is constant and you don't have more cats coming in. That's... You know, it's it's funny because you know, like for us human beings, we we talk a lot about you know bad control and and uh, you know, <laughs> and I was thinking of uh, animal bad control and how 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 important it is for animals to actually be you know sterilized. I don't know if it's permanent. Is it a permanent thing or yeah, there's the surgical which is permanent. Like, oh wow, that's crazy, but it it just shows how similar we are as human beings and animals. We, I mean, of course, biologically we might be different, but like you mentioned, like they they do have feelings. They can sense certain things. They can sense fear when they're around people whom uh, when they're around human beings that they've never met before. They're scared, and now they do need um, you know bird control to help them and to make sure there's not a lot of cats or 
any kind of animal out there that's you know in danger it's just funny how it is i was, I was kind of like it's, connecting the dots <laughs> it's very similar that's why i say <laughs> I tell people you're fast an animal before you're human because mm-hmm. for example if i come and slap you right now you'll slap me back Mm-hmm. That is instinct. So if we claim, but the second, the thing that would stop you from slapping me is the reason. So the first thing that came to your mind was the instinct. Was the instinct, mm-hmm. not the reason. So the only difference people claim is, you know, we have higher. We have the ability to reason. Prob- uh, yeah, to reason. But what came to your mind first? If you feel hungry, what comes first? It's the hunger that you feel. It's an instinct. Mm-hmm. So you're first an animal before you. You feel the hunger, then you decide. <laughs> then you decide. <laughs> so the decision is secondary to what you felt. But can animals decide to? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say, okay, so, so in some way, but not. they don't have the, free, oh yes, they don't have the freedom of choice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I go for. So that's when, you know, I mean, that that's when someone would say humans are slightly. But you see, the issue is it's the same humans who are judging. It's not the other animals. Yeah, it's not the animals who come up with this unanimous <laughs> <laughs> decision that humans are big. It's just humans who are the only ones who can speak for themselves, and they decided we are big. I think it's I think it's subjective to yeah, like yeah, whatever. What yeah, because if you look at someone from say a religious perspective, they would say you know something else different compared to a person that comes from a different, you know, belief system. Belief system. Mm. Yeah. But that's 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 actually very interesting. I, I I never thought that animals. Okay, not that I was. I, I thought of animals as you know, you know, brainless whatsoever. But I never thought that they were so much similar to, to humans. A, to humans. Hmm. You see, this is where we have conversations with interesting people like Ian Kiringa right here. Because right now, I would never have known about donkeys and their field of vision. That actually mm-hmm. has very much surprised me. Because I've always been very careful when walking around donkeys. Because mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. You know, you're always told that donkeys just kick. Yeah. No, 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 that's, that's an instinct. There's different, you know, every animal has different ways of communicating. So you might find, like, the donkey, there's the position of the ears, uh, there's its posture, there's maybe its stamping. There's, so there's different, you know, even the position Factors. of the ears, the position of the head, the sounds. So there's different methods of communication. Some of them human beings use to their advantage. For example, if when a cockerel crows in the morning, people assume it's saying it's 3 a.m. One, it's a natural rhythm for that animal because it's like when it gets to 8 or 9 or 10, you start feeling sleepy. So it's a natural rhythm for them. The other thing they're doing, they know it's quiet, is they're establishing their territory. But human beings assume it's, oh, it's 3 a.m. now. <laughs> So we take that to advantage. Of yeah. course, it helps us because they do that at that so time. But they do it for themselves. It's a call of the wild, but for us, it's an alarm. Yeah. That's interesting. You see the, the things we've learned in just what two hours? It'll be. I feel I feel <laughs> so much more informed. So Ian, before we close down the show, since it's coming to an end, do tell people where can they reach out to you? Where can they find you? You've already told us the locations of KSPCA. So tell them where you can find you on social media, how can they get in contact. And also the different ways that people can contribute to the actions and activities at KSPCA. So as I said, KSPCA is, um, it depends solely on donations. Uh, we are also a membership organization, so people can sign up to become KSPCA members. We have several categories of membership, uh, corporate membership, which is 20,000 a year. 
family membership, which is 5,000 shillings a year, individual membership at 3,000, and junior membership at 1,000 bob a year. Uh, basically, these funds uh, become, go to part of helping the KSPC run its programs and run and continue operating. Uh, it's not much what you get by becoming a member. It's a commitment that you want to be part of this course that the KSPC or the KSPC is doing. If you're a member, if you're a political being, the members vote for the executive committee that runs uh, the society. You can also run for the executive committee if you're a member. Uh, the other way you can help is you can volunteer at the shelter, whether through your time, come and help us feed the animals. You can donate feed and the other yeah. things needed at the shelter. You don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary donation. You can do this. If it's monetary, you can do it through our MPESA pay bill, which is uh, the business number 681727. The account name, you can just write donation. You can also sponsor a whole program, the different programs you're doing. You can give us an opportunity like you guys have given us. You can criticize and help us improve. But most of all, the next animal you meet, make sure you help that animal. Uh, make a change where you are. That is, will help us at least achieve some mileage. Um, so there's, there's different ways in how you can, you can actually help the society. Um, if we have campaigns, you can show up for campaigns. Uh, by campaigns, I mean when we have vaccination campaigns, education campaigns. Uh, we usually run what is called the Shaggy Dog Show year which is people come in it's, it's just an, we have different events that we run so if we have some events you can also attend and participate um, and if you have any ideas just welcome we, we are welcome to listen to ideas and see how we can improve the animal industry and most of all the animal welfare sector uh, you can find us on social media platforms Instagram KSPCA uh, and Facebook Twitter KSPCA Kenya All right, all right. Mariah, do you have anything to tell the audience before we close down the show? I mean, I, I don't know how many of you can, you know, relate to my experience. And I'm, and I'm grateful that I came across you today because, you know, I told you earlier that I'm learning how, I'm learning how not to be afraid around animals. And, of course, there's some of our listeners out there that are afraid of animals. And, 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 and you've probably learned a lot today. So if you come across an animal or a dog, at least don't look at them in the eye. <laughs> no, no, you can, but you you have to learn the behavior of the animal before you yeah. actually uh, make a decision. Yeah, yeah, and you, you've you've had uh, conversations on how how to approach that situation. So animals are like human beings. So uh, th use that time to you know get to know the animal and always understand that they react to just the way you react to things. Yep, yep. So, my name is Eugene, a.k.a. Mr. Cricket Smile. You can catch me here every other Thursday, 2 to 4 p.m. on the Extra Hours Show. I will be taking you through a nice, breezy Thursday afternoon as you prepare for the weekend end. Today, my guest was Ian Kiringa from KSPCA, and we got to learn everything, everything about the care protection and well-being of animals, and also how to treat 
and handle yourself around animals, you know? Because sometimes, most of us, we forget that these animals have actual feelings, memories, and can actually think. And they will react in the best way that they think is possible for any single animal. So, as I leave you, I will tell you, follow KSPCA on social media. Go to the events, you know, follow Radio 254 on their social media pages. And remember, it's Kenyans for Kenyans to the world. Peace. Catch me with my head down working This ain't coming out until it's perfect Don't propose a deal unless it's worth it I'm supposed to kill it, then rehearse it Right, produce, perform it, then rehearse it If I'm a flower, so I will not return him Never underestimate the vision Ten years in it, I cannot forget ya I got a motto, you know what it is Always putting all money in Get in the back, involve so many risks Came from a city where nothing much was the friend Me and my team, it was something to remember Back in the days, I would drop in December Get out the way, I'm a drop in the winter No one ever taught me how to cry, cry Leave it up to someone else, that would be a crime, crime Coming from my paper, it's my time, time Me, I'm making my way up, coming for what's mine Keep it moving, another day and shake it off. I'm gonna try that again, yeah. Never wanna sit and whine, no. Don't let no one waste your time. Don't no vision as it's placed, but don't get lost in your mind on the way, no. I won't even entertain, no. Home is in and ain't complaining. Cause you know you gotta shine. Go ahead, shine your light. Only got one. Sacrifice. You didn't ask for my advice, but I ain't gotta say it twice. Oh.